Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word, thee which goes out of my mouth, it will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. Greetings to Bethesda Evangelical Church, our faith family, and I'm so delighted to share with you on this very, very special occasion. I want to extend uh, greetings as well to Pastor Colin Van Wick and his lovely wife Pat and their family, the leadership of the church and all the members. You have a very special place in our heart. On behalf of T.D. Stubblefield Ministries, I want to just celebrate with you God's grace upon the church and this milestone you have reached, which is 25 years as a ministry there in Cape Town in the Grand Township. I'm so excited about sharing with you and what God continues to do in you and through you and with you and around you as a faith community, as a body of believers, a missional congregation, a safe place, a neighborhood refuge, and most importantly, as a house of worship for the last 25 years. I remember meeting your pastor for the first time. It seems like it was just yesterday. And I'm reflecting as I share with you today, those trips that we've been able to make to South Africa in 2004 and 2008, where I brought uh, 17 other members with me, uh, members of our church and a larger community, and also the most recent visit when I shared with you on your 20th anniversary in 2017. Your ministry in Cape Town and the township there has been transformational, and I have been so blessed to be able to witness it up close and personal because God has brought us together. Uh, T.D. Stubblefield and Bethesda Evangelical Church, and by extension, the First Baptist Church of Chesterfield for such a season as this. I would love to be there with you in person, but it was not God's will for that to take place this year. But thank you so much for allowing me to share reflections with you during this very, very special time. The Holy Spirit put in my spirit a text that I want to share with you as we just share some reflections. It may sound or feel like a sermon, but some reflections around uh, this celebration of yours. And it is Psalm 122, stanzas 1 and 2. And these are the words that are in that text in the New International Version. I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. I want to share with you just this thought, the worth of worship, the worth of worship. 
the history of Bethesda Evangelical Church and the impact you have on your community and region is a witness to the fact that there is worth in worship. This psalm, this particular psalm, is one of 15 psalms of ascent that are recorded in the Psalter, in the 150 psalms that is called the Psalter. And this particular psalm refers to a time of one of the festivals in which Jews were required to travel to Jerusalem to worship and to offer sacrifice to God. There were three times when that took place. And that was an arduous trip. It was a difficult trip. I remember my first trip to Israel and how when we went up to Jerusalem, we were traveling up by car, vehicle, 2,700 feet above sea level. But in David's day, in the days that this song was written, that was not a car drive. That was not uh, by vehicle. It was by, uh, by foot, and they walked. The trip was dangerous and difficult. It was rugged and risky. It was, it was tiring and it was time consuming, but they went there. The 121st Psalm that precedes this Psalm I'm sharing with you from, it talked about that in some ways about how as they went, they asked God not to suffer their feet to be moved, that God would not slumber or sleep and that the sun would not spike them by day or the moon by night and that the Lord will preserve their going out and their coming in, not only uh, from that present time forevermore. So they were motivated. They were motivated because they were worshipers and not wanderers. They were pilgrims and not patrons. They were faithful and not fearful. They were dedicated and not distracted. And they recognize, as you do, because of this celebration, they recognize, as you do, the worth in worship. Bethesda, you have embraced this in your vision and mission. And uh, I believe what I'm sharing with you speaks to where you are in terms of your walk with the Lord in this season. And so what does this stanza teach us about the worth of worship? What does it teach us about the worth of worship? First of all, it teaches us there is the character that encourages worship. The text says that they rejoice. And the word in the Hebrew means that they rejoice. They were motivated to rejoice, they, to be merry, or to brighten up. Kind of like what we hear in the 100th Psalm, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with singing. So this stanza, this stanza in its first movement addresses what I believe is, is the character, a quality that gives worth to worship. Because worship should never be a job. It should always be a joy. Whatever you've done, preparing for this momentous weekend, uh, in the wake of it, it should be a joy and not a job. The three feasts, the festivals, were the Israelites were commanded if they were not incapacitated through disease or disability, particularly the males, to come to Jerusalem were settings or were times in their calendar when they celebrated the goodness and the grace of God. Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Harvest, the Feast of Tabernacles. These were times, national holidays, when the people of God came together and celebrate what God was doing in their lives. One writer commented that they were times set apart for sacred joy. 
And this sacred joy is the characteristic or the character that makes worship worthy. In 2004, and I share with you, I've been reflective as I prepared this message. But in 2004, my first trip to South Africa ever, after a long flight from America, the last leg of our trip was completed when our plane that embarked from Johannesburg landed in Cape Town. As I stepped off the plane, the security guard said to me, welcome home, brother. Welcome home, brother. Those words fill my heart with joy. They fill my eyes with tears because I realized at that moment that I was stepping on the ground that was home to my ancestors. But my joy was made even more complete when I worshiped with Bethesda, with this congregation, for the first time in the facility you were using before moving to your present location. During the worship that night, some who were there literally danced in the aisles. And that experience transformed my perspective about the worth of worship, Bethesda. It's okay, as I have shared over the years with those who I preach to, it's okay to let it get in your hands and in your feet. David did that when uh, the ark was returned to Jerusalem. He danced with the star of Israel before the Dancing with Stars program ever debuted here in America. And there ought to be some dancers in the house today because God has truly been good to you. So there is, there is the character that encourages worship. But here's the other thing, the community that experiences worship. After launching this psalm by expressing the joy he felt about worshiping in Jerusalem during one of those feasts, the psalmist immediately goes from singular language to plural. Listen to what he says. I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. It's no longer I, but us that's in view. The house of the Lord is more, my brothers and sisters, than bricks and boards carpets and closets, concrete and ceilings, rooms and rafters, wires and windows. We are a spiritual community. It's not you, it's not I, it's us that's most important. We spent one month a year in North Carolina at the beach there on the Atlantic Ocean. This April during my morning walk, a set of footprints on the sand as I walked on the beach led directly to a large flock of birds that had gathered on the beach ahead of me. The footprints just seemingly disappeared. But when I saw that, what moved in my spirit is how our footsteps should always be taking us to community, always moving us from the I and the mind to the we and to the us. With few exceptions, there's a something innate in us, something deep in us that causes us to want and to desire community. We look for it. We long for it. And you know why? Because we're made in God's image. And what the word of God teaches us about God's essence is that God is one in essence, but he's three in community. He is a community of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And if we put the focus on ourselves and not on Him, trust me, we're not going to make God lonely. We are created for 
relationship. What Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. used to call the beloved community. And as I celebrate with you this 25th anniversary, one of my memories is just the embrace and the sense of community I've always felt when I'm present at Bethesda Evangelical Church. So the community that experiences worship. And then there's the concern that engages our worship. The text says the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord. Uh, it, this is the phrase used to describe the tabernacle as it functioned as a worship center before Solomon built the temple. And David, by using this phrase, is taking the people back to their spiritual roots. It's the house of the Lord. In, in the Hebrew literary, it's the house that belongs to the Lord, a house where God dwells. Often in my work with pastors, I share with them, and sometimes the pastors will seem to be apologetic about the size of their congregation. And I respond by saying to them, you pastor a mega church. And they look at me with consternation and curiosity, like, D.D., what are you on? What you taking? And I say, you pastor a mega church. And they said, why? I said, I don't get that from church growth resources or materials where you have to be a thousand or more to be a mega church. I get it from the word of God because what makes you mega is what Jesus said. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And when we come together around his name, around his essence, we are engaging in what ultimately should concern us when we worship. After attending church one Sunday morning, a little boy knelt at the bedside as his mother was tucking him in to sleep that night, and he prayed. He said, Dear God, we had a good time at church today, but I wish you had been there. There's not been a time when I've shared with Bethesda and I have not felt the presence of God because of the concern that you have that engages worship. As I thought of the ministry of this church, the sacred place and the sacred ground, that space where Jesus is, that is Bethesda Evangelical Church. I remember standing as if it was yesterday. I remember standing on the lot where your church now stands with Pastor Van Wick and Sister Pat, with our friends, Dr. Charles Burton and his wife, Sister Laura Burton, and the missionaries, David and Donna Haig, whom I had met in St. Louis and who subsequently invited me to travel to South Africa for the first time and share in the Jubilee celebration of the South Africa evangelistic mission of which your church is a part and of which they are the founders. We stood on that vacant lot, joined hands and hearts and prayed together. I remember us doing that. And look what God has done. Look what he's done. It just gives my heart joy because of what he's done. He has fulfilled the promise of Ephesians 3 and 20. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. Tamla Manns is one of our popular gospel artists. You perhaps have listened to her music, but she has a beautiful song called This Place, and it captures, encapsulates the concern 
that I'm talking about today that should engage and inspire worship. Tamala Man sings, never knew my life could be this way. I never knew the sun could shine all day. Never thought I'd live beyond my past until I found Jesus. I never thought I'd be in this place. And then she says, oh, I'm glad I'm living my life in this place. There's a place in God where we can all be free. A place where God can get the best out of me. There's a secret place in God where he covers me. Those words could very well be Bethesda, the song of praise for the countless lives this church has touched over the last 25 years. Victims of violence, AIDS patients, the young and the old, the imprisoned, the hungry, the homeless, the helpless, orphans, the sick and the disabled have been blessed by their association with this place, this place, because if this place closed its doors, this community would miss you. This place that belongs to the Lord. Jesus is in this house. And because he is, what concerns Bethesda ultimately, he will say to you one day, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. As you did it to the one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it unto me. You did it unto me. In the storied history of, of my faith tradition, the African-American church, we have our own songs of ascents. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and I shall stand by faith on heaven's tables land. A higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. But that's the love you, praise God for you. As you worship and by your worship, give expression and demonstration to worth, to the worth of it. God is going to take you to another level. As you worship him, as you love those whom he loves, he's going to take you to another level. In the 27th Psalm, David running from his own son who was trying to take his life and his kingdom, he says, in a time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle, he shall hide me, and then he said this, he shall set me up, upon, up, upon, up, upon a rock. And I say to you today, when we focus on Jesus, when we affirm and embrace the worth of worshiping him in spirit and in truth. We're not just up, but we're up upon a rock. And that rock is Jesus. <laughs> you know who he is. He's the one that died on an old rugged cross. And when they took him down before he gave his last breath, he said, it is finished. And they took him down and put him in a bar or tomb. But he got up at that stuff. You know he did with all power in his hands. 
And that's why he could say, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There is worth in worship. There's worth in worship. I hope you hear me today as we've reflected on this. The character that encourages it, the community that experiences it, the concern that engages it, and the confidence. My best days are not behind me, but in front of me. If I don't make it back to South Africa, one glad morning when this life is over, I'm going to fly away. And I'll see you again on the other side. The confidence that elevates our worship. God bless you. Love you. Happy 25th anniversary from T.D. Stubblefield Ministries and the great team here in the United States. God bless you. You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org for more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.